what do they call it? They call it Royale with cheese. Royale with cheese. That's right. What is going on, guys? Royale with cheese here, episode number 16, coming to you a week late because uh, Lighthouse actually didn't come out for a week later. So, uh, yeah, not my mistake. <laughs> not my mistake. <laughs> they gave me tickets and they said they were for Thursday, but, but not for that right week. <laughs> But on the surprising news, yet again, Joker wins the box office. Yeah, it narrowly beat out Maleficent, Mistress of Evil, for the third week in a row, being the top-grossing film of the weekend, and it grossed uh, $18,900,000. So, I mean, it's, it, this movie's on its way almost to make a billion dollars, which is uh, pretty crazy, in my opinion. Kev, I think there's only one way to put this. We live in a society. Amen. <laughs> we live in a society. Um, Well... Getting back to the uh, box office, we went to go see The Lighthouse, which I know I was very excited for, and I know you were very excited for. Yeah, this movie, uh, I think, debuted at Kane's Film Festival uh, about six months ago, so uh, I've only been hearing nonstop praises from this movie, and no one's really seen it, so... This was said to be the best, or uh, what's... Many people believe Parasite to Parasite. be the number one, but this one's also a very good contender, especially around the film festival people of uh, Best Movie of the Year. So, And this was directed by a guy you really like, Robert Egger, who yeah, made Ro- The Witch, which I really like The Witch too. Um, yeah, The Witch is one of my top ten. Probably, mm, I'm just going to keep it at top ten uh, favorite horror movies. Uh, directed, it was in 2017. It's kind of like hereditary in the sense of it's not as much of – a jump scare movie it's more of a psychological scare movie yeah it's this uh the witch is definitely yeah everything picks up in about the last 15 minutes really hardcore but uh one thing about um robert eggers that he did in both the witch and the lighthouse is um both movies have a pretty small cast and uh both of them used um very distinct dialect of the time they were placed in yeah I mean, like, for example, in The Lighthouse, they basically sound like they're speaking, like, uh, King James Version pirate slang is the best impression I can get from it, you know? Yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely cool. I mean, I, I wouldn't know how pirates talk, but if I had to say that's how pirates talk, that sounds like it. I mean, this is no Pirates of the Caribbean. Let me just start off with that. This actually (laughs) sounds realistic like Caleb has one of our favorite quotes can you quote it Caleb (laughs) there's a scene with uh Willem Dafoe and he gets real upset at Robert Pattinson because there's only two on this island and he says uh this floor better be cleaner than uh sperm whales pecka yeah that is uh that's a that's a good I laughed out loud this movie actually has some pretty comedic moments I mean this movie is filled with uh fart jokes uh burping I mean just disgusting just effects from eating and stuff yeah and it it's a very like interesting kind of artistic film in the sense of it's shot on uh what's what's the screen the aspect ratio for this is like a 1.19 to 1 yeah so it's almost basically a square and it's all in black and white so basically it's nothing you've ever seen before because i would imagine none of you have even seen a black and white movie let alone a box film yeah this this movie um it definitely has a lot of feelings of um, the art house community in it, but also I don't think it goes so far where uh, the normal spectator would not enjoy it. I mean, this movie is supposed to make you feel claustrophobic and make you feel unsettling throughout the whole film, and I think they do that very well 
with the way they, the lighting in this, the setting, I mean, the filming of this, everything just looks like deep and grungy and dark and dim, you know. And starting off with William Defoe, probably, I mean, for sure, a great actor. He's played in a lot of movies, and he makes them better, I would say, in my opinion. Yeah, I would definitely like to see a nomination from uh, from the Academy for him this year as best. Uh, I don't know if it would he be best supporting. Ah, uh, yeah, probably. Yeah, I, think I don't think be, he's main yeah, character. I I would say best supporting actor, and uh, so. Basically, though, let me give a rundown. Kind of. Wait, how are you sure you don't want the mermaid to get best supporting actor? <laughs> let me give a rundown of uh, basically this movie. So, it's basically this lighthouse um, off the coast, you know, obviously, and um, it's kind of far out there. And uh, it seems like every four weeks, it's they, an island. It's yeah. not like well, it's yeah, not it's like just any like a, place. Yeah. Every four weeks, they switch up between two lighthouse people, and uh, so that comes to term. Uh, Willem Dafoe's character. Thomas Wake and then uh, Robert Panson's character Ephraim Winslow are set to be together on this island for four weeks. Now this is uh, Ephraim. This is Winslow's first time at a lighthouse. So and obviously um, Thomas Wake has been pretty experienced. So when he gets there, Thomas Wake treats him kind of like a second class citizen and won't let him into the lighthouse. His duties yeah. are only to like do all the maintenance. Yeah. While his duty is to man the lighthouse at night. And um, so basically what happens is things kind of get crazy because they have to stay there longer than they're supposed to because of a bad storm. And it's like a slow descent into madness, yeah. basically. Well, yeah. And, I mean, bringing it all back to, I thought we'd start with the cast. Yeah. William Defoe. if you don't know anything about him, which you should, he's in movies like Spider-Man, Spider-Man 2, The Florida Project, The Grand Budapest Hotel, Shadows of the Vampire, uh, he's even in Aquaman, which probably a lot of you have seen. Yeah. He's one of the good guys. He, he, he's a great character. I mean, that's all I can say. A yeah, great. I, I really, in any movie he plays, I agree. In, I he, really enjoy Willem Dafoe. I mean, for sure, Florida Project. I think is one of his best roles that he kind of got snubbed on. I think like, I think he deserved it in a lot of things, but I think definitely Florida Project was the movie that he should have won something. But uh, with that said, then you got Robert Pattinson, which Twilight is Boy. basically Twilight Boy. I mean, he, he's acted in some things uh, since, but he's really, his stigma has been um, basically uh, Twilight series. But rumors. Two years ago, two years ago, though, he, uh, he acted in a movie called Good Times. And it wasn't a super wide release or anything, but I think that is a very, like, essential movie to bring... To bring you to believe that Robert Pattinson is not just some, like, teen heart th throb yeah. crush, you know? Well, and the year before that, he's in uh, The Lost City of Z, which yeah. is that... I, yeah, I, 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 gray, <laughs> gray head. Yeah, um, every... Yeah, he's so he's basically, you know, he's really coming into his own with his acting and everything. He's really coming out of that role of uh, the vampire. And I believe, well, actually, he's kind of moving slightly back into it, because... I think rumor said to be that he might be the new Batman. Yeah, he is rumored to be the new Batman, which is, uh, I don't know how I feel about that yet. I think he's a capable actor, so I'm interested to see yeah. it. I don't really see him as Batman per se, but... But hey. after the lighthouse, I could appreciate his acting. Yeah. I really could. Robert Pattinson with a mustache is also pretty epic. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah. I was definitely yeah, for sure. loving that mustache on him. He could probably play a solid cop role with that yeah, mustache. He had a great mustache. <laughs> and then, actually, the only other paid actor, not in any other film, is the mermaid. And um, 
there was two other people in it, I believe, but yeah, no they obviously more, weren't. There's paid. only three people that are billed for this movie. That's yeah, the cast. Well, there's and, only five people I in mean, it total. The movie really just revolves around Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe's characters, and it's literally almost two hours of just them. And um, to top the cake off, it's also only an hour and forty nine minutes, which is amazing yeah i i really enjoyed it i was never bored throughout the film it, it kept me intrigued with the pacing and the way the one thing that they do is like time is used very sporadically like oh, it's yeah. not linear at all because i actually i tried to keep count it starts off they they the only way i could keep count was by the dinners they had yeah and i counted three dinners and then all of a sudden it was not three dinners it was like 10 weeks from now so yeah. i have no idea so everything kind of went crazy after that so time is very like relative it's exactly. supposed to make you feel i feel like this whole movie puts you kind of in the shoes of robert panson and what he sees and what he feels yeah and, and you don't know if it's true or not yeah and this isn't just like i, I don't want to say a bland melodrama kind of horror movie but it actually is kind of humorous because yeah, there's like, multiple scenes where they just get plastered drunk and just you know just mixed feelings come out of everywhere like they'll yeah. go from literally beating the crap out of each other to just like slow dancing yeah <laughs> yeah this, this like i said this movie definitely has its comedic tones to it and it's not this is definitely not as much of a horror i feel like as the witch or as a horror movie that you would expect yeah. it's very as it has horror elements to it but it's definitely not like a horror movie yeah, i would say I, but um not at all i would i do appreciate now this is kind of like, I mean, I guess it's kind of a spoiler, but not really. I do appreciate because what keeps you really intrigued is your whole movie. You're wondering I what's will. in the lighthouse. Yeah, because you never because basically, like I said, the whole movie is through the eyes of Robert Pattinson, and he's not allowed up there. And Willem Dafoe's character makes sure he never gets up there. Yeah, and it kind of eats away at him throughout the whole movie. And uh, do you want to get into a little bit of spoiler territory? Yeah, we can do a little bit. I, I don't think we should verge on it too much. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not I'm, intrigue. Yeah, I'm not gonna definitely spoil the ending or anything. I'm just gonna say this. I there's not really a definitive ending. Yeah, I mean, you go into that movie, and I feel like you will have there. There's so many multiple interpretations. I've seen ones that go into deep lore of like yeah. Vikings and stuff, and like I've seen everything. I really have. Like in this movie, it made me like. When I was done with it, I had my own... It's kind of nice in some ways. Having a movie that you don't have a for sure interpretation is cool in some ways. In some ways, it's disappointing. Yeah. Because, for example, like we said, you are you wanted to know... You felt like if you saw the what's in the lighthouse, your answers would all... Like, this movie would make sense. Like, totally come together in full one piece. And if you got out of the theater and you thought this movie was did a complete circle <laughs> and completed everything you yeah. wanted to know, then please talk to me. Because yeah. I did not have that feeling. I've had this feeling of almost want still yeah. at the end of it. Because, like, I, I walked away with my theory on it. And uh, my theory is it's basically this whole... It's a descent of madness, but it's also... It's about grief and how, like... The things you've done in the past will find you out. Uh, I mean, it's also, and you kind of hit on it, it's it's just one of those movies where you could have a theory on it, and so could 50 other people in the theater. Yeah, and they, they all can be correct, Yeah, because, because no one actually knows. Yeah, Robert Eggers came out and said that there is no, like... I mean, except for us, yeah. because this is this is actually class. Yeah, no, I feel like this movie definitely revolves around um, sorrow and regret of your past 
sins, basically. And it uh, goes through this whole, without spoiling too much of it, it's just basically, it takes a look at the life and, like, your sin will find you out. Like, yeah. Like, there's no, you can hide it, you think you can hide it, but it'll eventually catch up to you and end up yeah. ruining you. And uh, that's kind of what we see throughout this whole film. And it was this, like I said, super intriguing. Now, this movie is definitely not for everyone. Because I know a lot of people, one reason they like Marvel movies is because you go to the movies, right? And it's easy. You can sit down. You can turn off your brain. And it is not a bash by any means. I'm just saying, like, you get, you're done. When the movie's done, you feel fulfilled. Like, you feel like you just watched an hour and a half or two hours of something. And you feel fulfilled by the end of it. Yeah. This movie does not leave you feeling fulfilled at all so coming from that i think we both very much appreciate and very much loved the movie and personally i'm actually really excited for to see what robert edgar is going to do in the future like i know his movie in production is the northern man yeah it's all about vikings i heard yeah. an interview about it it seems pretty interesting i'm i like i said i honestly think Robert Eggers is top five directors of this decade. I mean, and he you hasn't can say made you many want. films. There's only all. a second one. Yeah, so but I he made me, a couple shorts. I think yeah, like two but, or three. But to me, that this one definitely cements him in as like up there with uh, De- Dennis Villanueva and stuff like that. Like, yeah, I mean, for he, this decade, I mean, he's definitely an interesting director. Yeah, yeah. and honestly, though, I mean, I'm not. I'm not stereotyping here, but if you took one look at him, I think you could pretty much guess he's an art house director. Well, no, it's it's really funny because um, I'm really happy this movie even just got made. Like for me, I think that is an automatic win on so many people's part because in a time where the box office is absolutely dominated by Disney IP and Star Wars, which is also Disney IP, it's movies like this just don't get made. Like if they get made, they're only given out at very select few theaters, you know. And this one, I don't think we had a wide release, but I think it had a pretty big limited release. And the thing about it is, like like I said, I'm just really excited because this movie is obviously Robert Eggers' vision, and it's something that he wanted to put on screen. And you can yeah. tell, this is not some production company's, like, dream of a movie because this movie is, like, very... And that's what he even said it through an interview. He talked about how, like, his biggest thing is he wants comp- basically complete control. And that's what you got with both of these movies, The Witch and uh, The Lighthouse. Oh, yeah. And uh, and I, that's why I'm excited for The Viking because, like I said, it's if you don't if you don't even like the movie, you could go see it and you don't like it. You got to at least expect the craft of this movie that it was well done like this, you know? Yeah, I, I also uh, really like how he uses animals in this movie. And, he, like, so for The Witch, he used, like, a goat, right? Yeah. And then for this one, he used seagulls. I think that's kind of cool how he incorporates yeah and on on, uh, the interview i heard with him is uh robert eggers hates the goat charlie was the goat in the witch yeah he said it was just the biggest pain in the butt and he couldn't get to do anything the trainer couldn't get basically doing it he was just super stubborn he said he was in love with these seagulls because well anything above that goat yeah because he said he said he trained he they did exactly what he wanted and without that much poking and prodding because they knew they were getting a tree at the end of it so he was definitely excited by using the seagulls in this movie yeah so um what'd you give it kill uh this is uh the second 10 out of 10 wait, wait, actually, of 2019 actually, i actually meant to hit on something before this <laughs> so um this movie actually i did have a couple things that i kind of had a problem with now i didn't have a problem with it in a sense because 
that's what he was going for. He was going for a very disturbing aspect, like yeah, the dumb farting the whole time, yeah. pissing in the can, like way throws the buckets and poop gets yeah. all over him, right? Yeah, stuff like that. I actually, interesting enough, gave it a ten out of ten too. I I love this movie. I want to see it again, but then again, I don't because of how disturbing it is. But then again, I do. Like, and I'm not saying like this is crazy disturbing, but it's just it's, off-putting. Yeah, like, I think it's the best term. I mean, for it. just. The farting alone just makes you feel so weird. <laughs> There's some definitely weird scenes, but um, yeah, no, this this movie is a ten out of ten for me. I I super enjoyed it. I mean, this is awesome to look at, and the the way he uses shadows and the way he's black and white. Now, I also he used a bunch of different camera and camera lenses to really like get that look of it, and this the way he moves the camera. And also, I want to say the production of this, you know. They chose that island specifically because of how, like, bad the weather was there. So they would actually yeah. be filming in, like, really bad weather all the time, which would be an awful production time. Could you imagine, like, specifically going out of your way to shoot a movie in this awful weather? Yeah. Like, this looks absolutely miserable, and I'm sure it oh, was. Yeah. But, I mean, that's what makes this movie, I think, so great for me. I mean, um, it's definitely uh, one of my favorites of the year so far. Yeah, I mean, still gonna beat Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I'm, not, I'm like, not giving away my list. Let's be real. I'm not giving away my list. <laughs> okay. Until the end of the year. Well, anyways, moving on, we can get into Spooktober. We got uh, <laughs> the Evil Dead and Evil Dead Two, um, and we did not put in the new one, which is Evil Dead. What was that? 2013. Well, first we have the Evil Dead. It was 81. It's an hour and 25 minutes. Yeah, and Caleb, you want to go into what it's about? Yeah, so it's directed by Sam Raimi, and uh, this movie is, I feel like, spawns every cliche horror movie pretty much, besides, like, the slasher cliche. This movie really brings it all together. I mean, it's basically uh, five five people. They're all about 20 years old. They go to this abandoned cabin in the woods, right? It's over this bridge. It's kind of Now it's kind of, like, blocked off of the world except for a trail, and... Once they get there, they discover this, like, book from this archaeologist, kind of. And this book has, like, all these writings and stuff in it. And they find a tape recorder. And when they play the tape recorder, what happens is he reads off, like, these ancient gods, I guess, basically. And basically summons this demon to bring, basically, everything around it to life. Including the trees, including uh, people once they die. No spoilers. <laughs> no. And, um... It's it's basically you know it's Sam Raimi's first big movie you know and uh, yeah shout out because he's from uh, Royal Oak and he went to high school actually with Bruce Campbell which I'm assuming is also from the Royal Oak area yeah so I mean, uh, yeah. shout out to Michigan right there amen uh, and I mean this is I think this goes down as one of the most classic horror movies I think well, I think for it sure. easily builds its way into it you know yeah and um it's it's very it's very competently done for being a first film. I mean, Stephen King even came out and talked about how this movie was so good. And this is Stephen King right now, and he already had The Shining and Carrie come out. And he's a well-known, like, horror. He writes, he doesn't make movies, but he writes books, and he came out with praises towards this movie. Yeah, so. well, believe it or not, isn't he the one that first did The Eyes? 
in horror movies, really focused on the eyes, which makes it kind of scary. Yeah, I I don't want to necessarily say he was the first one because I know okay, he at least there's definitely there's definitely like people out there who I'm sure have done it. But his use of the eyes, he does these close up with the eyes throughout the whole film to show the terror and everything. It brings it to like down to a personal level the way he just zooms in automatically on the eyes of the characters. And uh, well, back to the, basically the plot, basically. They are all sitting there, and basically they slowly all kind of die off till they're left to Bruce Campbell, and he's yeah. set there to defend himself until daytime comes. Yeah, I against mean, all these these basically the undead. I mean, and the special effects in this movie for making him look undead. Practical effects or practical effects, not special, is very well used. Also, the fake blood is way better than CGI blood, which yeah. I know that's Caleb's that biggest is, pet peeve. That is 100% my biggest pet peeve. Actually, this movie got an NC-17 rating because of the uh, graphic use of blood. Oh, yeah. And which is pretty funny. I don't but, think um, you'd get it nowadays. No, for sure it would not. Um, the budget for this was only 350000 which is absolutely insane. For Like Seth mentioned, the practical effects in this by the use of the undead. Now, I'm not going to say every single thing was like phenomenal, yeah, but I mean, for what they had in the budget they had, this movie really turned out really, really good. I mean, and I, I, I really enjoyed it. it. Had some spooky parts. I mean, the thing about this is just kind of like we're. I think it's a good thing we chose the Evil Dead and the Evil Dead Two and Evil Dead Two for this podcast with the Lighthouse because both movies are Sam Raimi's dream. Like they're not. This is a movie he funded basically by himself. Yeah. You know? So. This it's exactly what you want to put in. It's a little campy, you know. And it's very simple though. Like yeah, the it's super simple. simple. So you don't need a lot of thought put into it. I mean, this and when I say simple, it's not like Saw where you just know it's just a game and they got to get out. I mean, there is a little plot to it, but it's simple and executed really well. Also, one thing I want to hit on, I think some people would disagree with this fact, but I do think the characters act the live ones act pretty well for how any 20 year old would react to the situation. Yeah. I also, I mean the demons slash zombies. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of, yeah. The possessed undead basically. Yeah. It's kind of like, I think a lot of people say zombies, but I think most people say demons, just flesh eating demons, which is the only thing that makes sense because honestly they're not zombies. <laughs> well, I think, I think zombie, I think the problem is, is we've, because of The Walking Dead, we see zombies as kind of like a one specific thing now. And that's how we always imagine zombies are. And if you get think about it, I mean, The Walking Dead is fairly new. And zombies kind of have always been done a little bit differently in everything, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's true. But this movie was before The Walking Dead, so I'm going to have to... Well, that's what I'm saying. No, there's other zombie movies, but I'm saying they're all a little bit different. I'm saying, like, the the zombies that we think of today, like, from Zombieland and from um, The Walking Dead, those zombies are all kind of a fairly new, this is what zombies are, you know, kind of way to say it, you know? Yeah. I mean, probably also the only one you can maybe recognize from this movie is Bruce Campbell. Yeah, and um, he basically, I think he almost is in every single one of Sam Raimi's films, including Spider-Man, Spider-Man 2. Also, the Lincoln they use is in every single one of Sam Raimi's movies, just so you yeah. know. Yeah, and also, um, I'm just saying, they, the girl is wearing a Michigan State shirt in both The Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2. Yeah, so. represent Michigan there, Sam yeah. Raimi. Yeah, I feel like, though, um, 
I guess we'll get into it with Evil Dead too. Kind of my feelings on Sam Raimi as a director. In yeah, general. yeah, yeah. Don't. But don't. um, I what 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 did you think about Evil Dead? I liked it a lot. So I actually saw the new one before I saw the old one. So I kind of the new one's uh, shot for shot. By my buddy wanted to watch it, so yep. we did. And the new one, I mean, like I said, is a shot for shot. But just they had CGI and they did it different. I mean, it's a little different here and there. But the old one, I would definitely say holds up. And I think that's the big difference between a good old scary movie and a bad old scary movie is whether it holds up today. Like whether you can see, wow, that's actually kind of creepy. And whether it has a good plot, whether it looks real. Yeah. And uh, that's the one thing I think you have the advantage of with uh, practical effects. I think your eyes don't take this uncanny valley and basically you're watching it and even though like you can tell maybe it's this makeup and stuff it just feels more real than being like cgi and obviously like i said they the they didn't use cgi blood because cgi wasn't invented or at least i don't think it does don't fact check me on that but um yeah this this movie uses a ton of blood and that's why uh yeah it got this rating i think overall if you can i mean obviously there's certain instances where you need to use almost cgi like Sure, since, not like, CGI blood though. No, no, no. no I agree. Use ever I agree. For that in but any I mean, movie. there's for instances, but like, I think overall, it almost staying away from CGI is in the end gonna be better. Like Kill was saying, for the long run. Yeah, I almost agree. Yeah, there's a couple things that are impossible to do, but I think practical effects overall hold up better at the test of time because as you we see with movies like even 10 years ago movies that heavily relied on cgi look yeah. kind of garbage now oh even yeah even though they look sure. good then but these movies that have practical effects that are 40 years old still hold up you know yeah that's because it's just I, I i don't i don't even know but yeah i it, i mean this the evil dead i think is definitely like horror film canon and it's not a movie you want to miss if you want to consider yourself a horror fan. And it's definitely kind of gory, which is, I think, why we'd put it in that horror oh, well, category. Yeah, everything in this movie is just... Yeah, I yeah. mean, so, yeah, I, I liked it a lot. I mean, Caleb, what'd you give it? I mean, I give it actually a 7 out of 10. Okay, so I originally gave it an 8 out of 10, but I think I gave the new one an 8 out of 10. And yeah. I was kind of in between 8 or 9 because I really like horror movies. But then I was like, well, it's definitely better than the new one. So I think I bu- I bumped it up to a nine out of ten. Oh, gotcha. Okay. So this soon you give it a nine ten. I can see that. I th- I know a lot of people that really like it. I just felt like there's still to me some drawbacks to me, and uh, I really like this film. I mean, don't yeah. get me wrong. I just felt like this more to like for me a seven. I think. Well, another reason why I had it kind of high, I guess. Yeah. Is because I really do see how this affected all the other horror following up. Oh, yeah, for sure. And how it set its tone. And I think that's a big play. I mean, same with, like, 2001 Space Odyssey. The reason it's so good is because it everything's based off of it. Yeah. yeah. And it holds up. Once again, it holds up. If yeah. it holds up, like, it's one thing if it's based off of it, but kind of doesn't really hold up anymore. Yeah. But that's, like, it, it almost has a special place yeah in my heart because of that yeah i know like i said this is definitely like canon for film like texas chainsaw shining yeah and i didn't find it like that. i mean these are movies that you throw either. in there yeah i didn't find like he was going cheesy on us no it, it, like i said the way they use also the way that sam raimi uses uh film parts of this movie is really kind of crazy i mean from the shots he has I, like i said we already talked about the eyes and stuff but he films these shots from like underground almost where they like, walk over the camera and it, they're just really cool like, some really good tr- shots and the thing is is you know 
with a budget of $350,000, he definitely had to like think of very innovative ways to do this. Because oh yeah. He, he doesn't have money to do these great camera shots with any, you yeah. know, everything was, he's just like, all right, let's dig a hole and put it in the mud. Like, yeah. That's, that, <laughs> so, that's I mean, the crazy part. And yeah. And I agree with that. Like if you don't remember the window scene where it was pretty scary cause you know, she gets taken out the window. Yeah. But then you see him stick his head out the window and you're thinking you're like, Oh, he's going to get snatched. Right. Because of the camera angles. That's the only reason you think that is because yeah. camera angles uses, are perfectly panned. Yeah, he uses him. them really well. I do will agree with that. Yeah. Um. So you, I give it a seven. You gave it a nine. Now moving on to uh, his uh second film. Well, the kind of the sequel. It's basically a remake, though. It this is. is really. This is really. Let's ca- tell the story. Yeah. So the reason this is not called the Evil Dead Two. It's just called Evil Dead Two. Is because actually Sam Raimi. Yeah. Lost the rights to make another one. Well, yeah, the the company, the production, production company, company would not give it. him rights to make another one. So Which doesn't really make any sense because it did very well. Yeah, I just think at the time because it received the NC seventeen rating, it's just kind of seen as a black on. sheep. Yeah, they're like, yeah. we're not making trash movies, you know. And so Sam Raimi's like, okay, screw you, <laughs> I'm gonna make it anyway. So he found another production company, and uh, he ends up making the Evil Dead two six years later, and uh, pretty close runtime, you know, hour twenty four. And it's basically a remake because the opening scene is basically the whole movie summed up, but just with two characters <laughs> in, in, 10 seconds, in the matter of like, yeah, yeah, 30 seconds. And then it, but then again, it's almost like a remake because it all happens then again at the same house and kind of the same exact things happen. Yeah. So, so it, it's almost more of a remake than a sequel, but it's with a little bit better. It's with a better budget. And with a more experienced filmmaker of Sam Raimi, but I would definitely Bruce Campbell's say also in it again. He's not going for as much of a horror in this one. This one is. Oh no! This is Sam Raimi. Definitely kind of like, like a funny horror. That's why like I thought the cabin like, in the woods. Like, like I thought that. it was hilarious because I'm like, if you think the Evil Dead is pure Sam Raimi's like vision, nah. Wait until you yeah. see Evil Dead Two. This yeah. movie is like insane in the sense of like the lighthouse like it's just exactly what he wanted and there's exactly. nothing that could have changed him from making this movie i mean once you saw him put a chainsaw mark or bruce campbell put a chainsaw on his arm you knew you just knew yeah <laughs> you're like you're like one how did this work and two like what is going on yeah so basically what happens is uh bruce campbell gets possessed but only partially possessed somehow not gonna go into specifics because I have no idea how it works yeah, out. Yeah, it doesn't. I'm make sure there's much some sense. explanation out there, but he's only part time possessed. And basically, <laughs> what happens is the daughter of the archaeologist and her boyfriend want to go to that cabin to see if he's still alive. Her grandfather. And what happens is they need these two like locals to help them get there because it's on a back trail. So they get them to go there. And because the bridge is down. Yeah, and basically everything goes crazy like in the first one. You know. Yeah, and they can't find the trail back, so, like, it's basically the first one and the second one with a lot of humor. Yeah. And it's not, like, humor, like, you're probably thinking, like, I'm not talking about, like, Anchorman, the other guys. It's not humor like that. It's Sam Raimi humor. I mean, he literally has one of the greatest lines of any movie. He's, like, groovy. Like, like right there. (laughs) Like, like it's so funny. This movie just has some really stupid lines that are hilarious to me. And um, they just, like Seth said, there's a part of it with his hand is possessed. Bruce Campbell's hand is like, the first 25 minutes of this movie 
is basically just Bruce Campbell alone in the house, and like he has he's attacking himself basically. Yeah, because his hands possessed, but nothing else is possessed. <laughs> so his hands possessed, so he has to, so he cuts it off, and when he cuts off his hand. <laughs> He then, once everyone gets there, he needs a weapon of mass destruction. So he yeah. goes to the shed and gets a freaking, he like makes this contraption where he can like self-start up a chainsaw onto his hand. And it's yeah. just like, let alone like how that would work ever is not even possible. Yeah. And so like, but I'm not questioning it. And then they saw off the shotgun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, the demons in this movie, this go, there's one scene where I was literally almost dying laughing they see the um, what he yeah his girlfriend who originally died, in like the recap, she comes out of the grave and it's like this stop motion skeleton yeah. dancing <laughs> for like it was legitimately thirty seconds and lo- they're just like what the heck am I even watching yeah right now? it literally looked like the girlfriend had been down there aging for a hundred years yeah and there's a lot of this film that uses like in the first one too he uses stop motion towards the end which is actually pretty cool you know especially for the budget yeah but this one the stop motion used was actually like just super funny like this super because like, it's kind of bad but kind of not it was just weird it's just yeah exactly it's just weird it's just like in the mind of sam raimi this movie goes absolutely bonkers like i mean it just everything goes crazy you the don't demons, even know what's happening everything. you There's don't a know chainsaw for a hand I you mean, can't explain it i mean th- this old lady that's a demon doesn't decide to come out of the ground till about 45 minutes oh, into yeah, the movie. I, and you're yeah. like, you're like, why didn't she come out of the ground before? No, you, you just don't know why. You, yeah. That's no, no reason. Oh, actually I take that back. She didn't come out in the first movie either, yeah, yeah. which is exactly it's but like I said, it's just kind of like it, it's a remake and Sam Raimi definitely, he's not sitting here taking himself too seriously and even oh, less yeah. seriously than the first one. And in some way that's like inspiring and awesome to watch, you know, because it's just, a guy doing what he loves, and that's what you get to watch on screen. Yeah. It's just like his passion, you know? It was enjoyable, but would I ever watch it again? Uh, yes, 100%. Maybe. No, Maybe. I was die. I, I'm more prone to watch Evil Dead 2 over Evil the Evil Dead. See, I disagree opinion. with you on that. I mean, what, what, what'd you get? I gave it an 8 out of 10. You gave it an 8 out of 10. Yeah, I actually liked it better. I gave it a 7 out of 10. I liked it better. I just felt like... I like did I not. Said, I was not the biggest fan of it. Like I, I get it. I get it. I get like the comedy in it. Yeah. But it just, you know, I just think I think it's a better. Re- I think it, he remakes the Evil Dead and does it better. No, I don't think so. I, I think do. it's cheesier. It's cheesier because he doesn't take himself as serious. No, you can not take yourself as serious and it still be good, like the Lighthouse, and not cheesy. But it, you see it, my it add, point. It adds to the funniness of it, like the stupid one-liners, like the stuff but like that. Like it, you can dumb. be funny without those cheesy one-liners. I just think you don't like it as much because it's less of a horror. And yeah, it's still I tried to be a horror. I agree. And that's but, fine. I, I mean, mean, I'm not gonna disagree with your opinion. I'm just saying the reason I liked it better is because it felt more of a passion project of Sam Raimi, and I love yeah. watching that. You know, I did appreciate the claymation. Yeah, it was just it, over the top and stupid, but like it made it. It made it better for me, and I understand yeah. if it didn't. I could completely see people not liking it no. as much, but I mean, I mean, I definitely just, I I'm not the biggest fan of claymation. Also, I like claymation to an extent, but it felt like half the movie was this dumb claymation I, things breaking said, down. You're also sleeping on the fact that Sam Raimi created a whole universe out of the evil, That's out true. of Evil That's Dead Two, created an army of darkness but, and all this stuff out of it. Also, so. I mean, playing off the scene that Caleb was talking about. 
there legit is a 10 minute scene. Actually, it's probably not that long. It's probably like two minutes, but it felt like 10 minutes of this just claymation girl with no head on just dancing. It was realistically 30 seconds. But I don't know. <laughs> it felt like forever. It was great. <laughs> yeah. It just didn't make any sense. And you're just like, oh, yeah, that that's happening. Yeah. Um, so I, I didn't like it as much. But one thing I did want to hit on that I didn't in the first one is yeah. what I think really makes a good horror movie. And what I think makes a really good horror movie, which I think Evil Dead did very well, which we kind of hit on. Yeah. Is camera angles, yeah. Whether people do it, inter- whether people do it right and good, and what they use. Like, I do also appreciate people that perfect certain camera angles or use something that no one really uses for horror. Like James Wan, he did the what was it, the circling, the one, yeah, 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 yeah. the three sixty or yeah. whatever camera yeah. angle, and he he does that in all of them. It's kind of a signature, which is kind of cool, yeah, in my opinion, but. Yeah, I mean, um, you can't deny, even if you don't like Sam Raimi as a director, you can't deny he's really good at it. And also, the one thing I want to hit on with Sam Raimi is, uh, if you look at Sam Raimi and what he's produced, he's produced, like, over a hundred movies. Like, a it's billion cr- like, movies, I feel Because like. he, always, he like, likes to see young filmmakers succeed. And I think that's really cool. Like, he really tries to help out young filmmakers, especially horror, and tries to make them succeed and do their best. And I I think that's a really cool thing to see, especially like with a person of his caliber going out there and doing this. Yeah. To mention he brought us to probably choose these words wisely. Probably, probably, probably the best duo Spider-Man movies. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. Not I mean, real. Screw his third I one. Think Screw he... you, Sam Raimi. I hate you and all you've done. You ruined my childhood with Spider-Man Three. Screw you. But the first two, I love it. I think it... you can definitely even make an argument. He's brought you the best Spider-Man movie. I think that's. Oh, you still... can make an argument. I mean, I, I, I'm I think kinda, there's a I'm... strong argument. I mean, I'm not saying that's my opinion, but I'm saying there's definitely still yeah. a strong argument. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean. Yeah, maybe a close second behind behind the Amazing Spider-Man. Oh, hey man, Andrew Garfield, best Spider-Man out there. No, no, even arguing about yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, if you just didn't want to watch those, that'd probably be a good decision. Yeah, I mean, uh, the one thing I was gonna bring up about Sam Raimi that I didn't bring up in the first one is how uh, I feel like this is this is definitely not the right take, and I know I'm wrong for saying this, but I feel as if Sam Raimi doesn't want to make horror, and he would rather make like a crazy fantasy movie with horror elements. Like, he, But I like, think that's what he did in Evil I, Dead 2. I, I agree, I agree. But if you also remember Drag Me to Hell without spoiling anything, another horror movie they made yeah. in 2006, it's not like a full-blown horror movie. It has like a really intricate plot and all these things like going around it. And there's horror elements, and it's definitely a horror movie. But what I'm saying is like it doesn't feel like The Conjuring. It doesn't yeah. feel like these other movies. Well, it, he just has this unique feeling to all of his horror movies that like leads you to think that he wants to do something bigger and grander. Yeah. And, but the thing is, as soon as you slap horror onto it, I feel like it automatically minimizes things. And I think well, I feel that about any horror movie. Not going into it too much, I don't, I don't know if the movie did that well. I, I watched it years after. But... I think his downfall to that would have been the actors. The acting was not yeah, that yeah, yeah, good. Yeah. There was some bad acting well, like, in that movie. Evil Dead had pretty good acting. Evil Dead too. I mean, 
it had good acting for what he was going for. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not... Yeah, I, I would kind of agree with you. I mean, the movie is highly regarded by uh, critics. Well, it has a cool plot, like you're saying. It kind of is like somewhere where no one's really went before. That's what I'm saying. He does. He takes a very unique spin on like the horror genre. Like he doesn't want to do. He doesn't want to do the Evil Dead. You know, for he sure. He doesn't. He doesn't want to do a cliche horror. He always wants to do these bigger, grander schemes. Which you gotta give him respect, no matter what, because like he's like, I'm not. I want to make a unique movie. Yeah. Where they're not feel like they're watching. For sure. Uh. A uh, CCU movie, you know, it's the Conjuring Cinematic Universe. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a thing. <laughs> yes, it is. Okay, so I think that kind of wraps it up for us. Uh, yeah. You, you thought the second one was better. I, I enjoyed the, first the second one. one better. And obviously, Ghost... Recommend The Lighthouse, yeah, for I, sure. I don't recommend to everyone. I don't. I really don't. That's true. I mean, if you're like from age five and down, <laughs> I would not recommend No, no, no. It. I feel like... I feel like I feel like I know a lot of people that would not like this movie. Yeah, but, but I, it doesn't I, take away. It's you know good what movie. though? If you want to see something, maybe a new experience for yourself, uh, definitely go see the lighthouse. I definitely recommend it. Yeah, um, yeah, it, and it's uh, unique. Like if if you've never seen a black and white film, I I I, I don't even have words for you. <laughs> yeah, I mean that turns a lot of people off, which is kind of sad. But uh, we went over this for about twenty minutes before, so yeah, that's true. Um. So basically, so, uh, let's just talk about a little bit about next week. Yeah, ne- so, next week. Uh, next week, or that- maybe in a couple days, or maybe <laughs> the it, same whatever. exact time. Yeah. No. Uh, so the next episode, episode seventeen, is going to be uh, the Zombieland Double Tap has come out. Obviously, so we'll be reviewing that as long along with a couple other like comedy zombie movies. Which honestly, you know? we probably should have put Evil Dead. Two in this. This is a zombie spooktoberfest. Yeah, honestly, you know it's uh, well, they're demons. So, so we have we have uh, Zombieland, Zombieland Two, Double Tap. Is it Zombieland Double Tap or Zombieland Two Double Tap? It's Zombieland Double Tap. I'm gonna say Zombieland Double (laughs) Colon. If you want to put like Zombieland Colon, just forget it. Anyways, and then also uh, we thought we'd throw in Shaun of the Dead because that's also another really funny kind of comedy um, uh, zombie movie. Zombie movie. So uh, that's on the next episode and. uh, We'll also probably break down uh, the new Star Wars trailer that just was released a couple days ago. Yeah. And see how we feel about that. So, um, to next week, guys. Yep. Remember, we took a film class. Amen.